Finally tonight, history gives us voices from the past. Recently, writer Jonathan C. Creasy spent time as a creative fellow in Harvard University, where he explored a vast collection of voice recordings. There, he discovered links to two Irish figures, one relatively unknown and one quite familiar. So I go back to a book called Death of a Naturalist and read a poem called Death of a Naturalist, which was described by a reviewer in the Irish Times once as a long, disappointing poem about frogs. Uh, You know that voice, Seamus Heaney. I'm listening to it in the Woodbury Poetry Room, the so-called Library of Voices in Harvard University. The recording is from Heaney's first public reading in Harvard from 1975. All year the flax dam festered in the heart of the townland. Green and heavy-headed flax had rotted there. As an art form, poetry is intimately connected to the human voice. As a matter of historical record, the Woodbury Poetry Room is one of the most comprehensive collections of literary voice recordings in the United States, perhaps in the world. Miss Walls would tell us how the daddy frog was called a bullfrog, and how he croaked, and how the mammy frog laid hundreds of little eggs, and this was frog spawn. As I listened to Heaney in the poetry room, I began to wonder, how did this astonishing collection of recordings come to be? It turns out another Irish figure had a lot to do with it. The Woodbury Poetry Room was founded in 1931, and it was the first instance of Harvard acknowledging the importance of, or even existence of, modern poetry. At the time, advances in recording technology meant that pioneering folklorists, historians, and broadcasters turned their sights and their microphones to remote parts of the world, to musicians, storytellers, and poets who had never before had their voices broadcast, archived, and heard. First heard this from uh, Rick Von Schmidt. In the United States, the Woodbury Poetry Room would become a landmark audio collection. In 1933, the visionary Harvard professor of public speaking, Frederick C. Packard Jr., began what he called the Harvard Vocarium, a place where, as he said, voices can be kept and studied. In Harvard, I studied the voice of Seamus Heaney. I had been teaching a course in American literature as far as was in my was within my powers to do so. I'd been reading about the prairie and what it meant. I realized that uh, there was no prairie in Ireland, but we have bogs. In a sense, if you have direction without depth, we have depth without direction. (laughs) And... um... Following Packard, it was an Irish-American man who became, arguably, the most significant curator of the poetry room, right in the middle of the 20th century. John Lincoln Sweeney known to everyone as Jack. Well, Jack Sweeney is in many ways a really important figure, but an unsung figure, I think, in the history of poetry, particularly post-war poetry, that period between the 1940s and the 1960s especially. That's Lucy Collins, Associate Professor of Modern Poetry in University College Dublin, where she and her colleagues have set up the Irish Poetry Reading Archive, a project inspired by Jack Sweeney and the Woodbury Poetry Room. Sweeney was uh, an Irish-American, but he had very strong Irish connections. His wife was Maura McNeil, and he spent a large proportion of the latter part of his life in Ireland. So he really exemplifies those connections between someone very embedded in Boston, in Harvard, in the poetry scene there, but also very connected to Ireland, both in his enthusiasms and his networks. Sweeney was the son of Irish immigrants. Born in 1906 and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Jack was the baby in the family. 
and he was afflicted with polio in his childhood, an illness that would mark the rest of his life. I spoke to Avine Sweeney, a novelist and Jack Sweeney's grandniece. They were raised by their father, Patrick Martin Sweeney, who came from Donegal in the 1880s. He built a fortune in the textile industry, which allowed his children to grow up in comfort, and they were educated in the country's finest universities. Jack's impressive elder brother, James Johnson Sweeney, would go on to become a major figure in the upper-class New York art world. Jack focused on literary pursuits. Eventually, he arrived in Harvard and took up a position as curator of the Woodbury Poetry Room. While I pursued my work at Harvard, I spoke to current Poetry Room curator Christina Davis. Like his brother, James Johnson Sweeney, who was a founding curator of MoMA and the second director of the Guggenheim, Jack really believed that modern poetry warranted the same care, curation, and cultural tension as modern art. And also, like MoMA, that the art form deserved a place that would embody and unleash its total value. And for him, modern poetry was a democratic force of meeting. It was Jack Sweeney's engaging personality that drew people to him. He was generally just loved by everybody who met him. He was that kind of person who just knew how to bring out the best in people. Jack established an enormous network of poets and correspondents, amassing a huge collection of letters from the world's most significant writers. As curator of the Woodbury Poetry Room, he was responsible for documenting the work of writers like Dylan Thomas, Wallace Stevens, John Berryman, Allen Ginsberg, and Sylvia Plath. Fortunately for Irish writers and scholars, Jack Sweeney's immense archive resides in the special collections in University College Dublin, just waiting to be discovered. I went to Ireland this summer to immerse in the Sweeney archives at University College Dublin. And I think part of what I have sought personally from Jack and his archive is really just to see how this entire undertaking is its own form of education. Among these correspondents was a young Seamus Heaney, long before he was famous in America and around the world. Current Poetry Room curator Christina Davis unearthed a letter from Jack to Heaney, in the UCD archive. Dear Jack, many thanks for your letter, which was the first indication I've had that Death of a Naturalist had been published over there. I am curious what reception the book will have in America. The technique is so traditional and the subject matter so remote, but the main thing is that it is available. I can't help but thinking of a remark by a friend when I told him that it was going to appear in the United States. Quote, publishing poetry in the USA, he said, must be like dropping a feather in the Grand Canyon and waiting for the echo. <laughs> Back in 1949, Jack had married Maura McNeil, the renowned Irish scholar and folklorist. When Jack retired from Harvard in the 1960s, he and Maura moved back to Ireland, building a house in County Clare. I genuinely believe that he helped Irish-American writers be reunited with their heritage, both by collecting and recording Irish poetry and paintings, especially by his friend Jack Yates, but also by inviting Irish-American poets to visit him in Ireland or just encouraging them to journey there in general. Sweeney also helped expand American poets' direct encounter with Ireland by inviting them there, including Cummings, who visited him often in County Clare, and Robert Frost 
during Robert Frost's planned 1957 visit to England, which was described and I would say proscribed originally as an England exclusive visit, Sweeney intervened and orchestrated a significant addition to Robert Frost's journey by arranging a visit to Ireland and a reading, I believe at UCD, where he met Patrick Kavanaugh and Austin Clark. Of the trip, Robert Frost later wrote to Jack, it is only poetic justice that my sympathies with Ireland should at last make me almost an Irishman. Jack Sweeney died in 1986 and Mora in 1987. Their legacy lives partly in the special collections in University College Dublin and across the ocean in Harvard's Library of Voices. Jonathan C. Creasy was reporting there on the history behind Harvard's Woodbury Poetry Room. Jonathan teaches creative writing in UCD, where researchers will find the Jack Sweeney papers in UCD Library's special collections. That's all we've time for on this evening's programme. Details of all our items, as well as podcasts, are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. My thanks tonight to Tommy O'Sullivan on sound and our researcher, Ian Kennelly. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now, from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Lorcan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening.